0: We are live. So, hi everybody! Thanks for uh, joining us. So, the, you'll be listening on either uh, SoundCloud or the Holistic Leadership Academy podcast. So, welcome. Uh, my guest today is the amazing Tanya Fitzpatrick from Align Somatics. So, hi Tanya! Thank you for uh, thank you for speaking to me. Most welcome. So, I've got Tanya's uh, bio here. So, I'll just quickly go through here, but I'm sure Tanya will have something to add. I know I uh, I definitely have. Um, But we'll just kind of quickly go through this to get started and then you'll be with us for about the next kind of 30 to 40 minutes um, learning all about Tanya and the amazing work that she does. So Tanya draws on a varied background of body work and has been teaching movement since 1999. She's certified certified as a somatic movement educator, an advanced yoga teacher trainer and a body-mind centering professional. She's trained hundreds of individuals and groups how to move without pain and is regarded as one of Ireland's most leading movement educators. Her experience in coaching cutting-edge movement education has helped her clients to move in ways they never thought possible. Tanya launched her successful business, Align, and travels between her private clinics in the UK and Ireland. I know she's also been doing some amazing stuff in Australia. We'll get her to talk to us about that. Where she coaches individuals and trains teachers in somatic movement, embodied anatomy, and yoga. As a teacher, Tanya stimulates and transforms her groups through her effective and powerful training, giving them the ability to reach their full movement potential. She always shares high quality content with a commitment to integrity and excellence and does it with an approachable and compassionate manner with a contagious sense of fun. In addition to running businesses, Tanya is a specialised educator in neuromuscular release therapy, functional movement and repatterning, biomechanics, muscular skeletal conditions and embodied anatomy. Tanya is a certified somatic movement educator with the School of Body-Mind Centering and the Ingle Institute. As a yoga teacher with Yoga Therapy Island and has an advanced trainer qualification with Donna Fari. Did I say that right? Yep. Awesome. She's also certified as a time masseuse with the Medicine School of Chiang Mai. Is that right? Chiang Mai up in the north. Chiang Chiang Mai. Thailand and Indian Head Massage in Temple Bar Medical Center. So I'm sure you'll all agree with me. That is an absolutely amazing bio. Lots of, uh, lots of qualifications. And I, I suppose just to add for me, so Tanya and I met um, at a mastermind, what, just 18 months ago? Probably oh, yeah. 18 months ago. Time really does fly. And I think what I loved about Tanya, actually, was her passion and enthusiasm for what she does. And I think, you know, it kind of says there about the kind of contagious sense of fun, but I think that's definitely what you get from Tanya. So I'm sure we'll see lots of that from her over the next half hour or so. But I think, as I said, for me, it's just her passion, her enthusiasm um, her drive and her determination—that I absolutely love about you—and oh, you. um, hopefully we'll we'll kind of find out a bit more about that over the next half hour or so. So wow, what a bio! Uh, uh, uh. It's it's a
1: bio that's kind of multi multi layered and. I find that when I first found yoga, like, so I was an ex-gymnast when I was a a kid, and I went um, through that path of wondering, am I going to go down the physio line? And then I realized that when I went to Thailand and started traveling around, I discovered yoga, and it was like a duck to water. You know, I was standing on my head within the first practice, (laughs) and uh, I enrolled as a teacher trainer within the first year of actually practicing, which is express for most people. Yeah, brilliant within the first year and within the next year I was uh, I had 15 private uh, classes up and running so a fabulous yoga business off the gecko and realized actually the power that I could feel within my hands to translate that into helping people move better helping people sleep better helping people just basically function better and I uh, had come from a previous background of, of a fashion stylist and Basically, all I did was annoy people. <laughs> that, you know, I'd be making these beautiful models look more beautiful, <laughs> really irritating all my friends, going, Really, really, do we really need to see this? So, I decided that if something happened to me, what would I do? What would my mark be in the world? And I thought, hmm, Making models look beautiful, not so much. Making feet, people feel beautiful, yeah, that's really what I want to do. So, that uh, took me down the yoga career, and I went off to, uh, after I think it was about four or five years in Ireland, um, I was one of the leading teachers in Dublin, I decided I'd like to actually make this into a retreat, Mm -hmm. come and eat healthy food, and that they would have a break from the normal lifestyle. So that took me to Portugal, and I set up um, a company called Free Range Holidays in Portugal, and we ran detox holidays, and we ran yoga holidays with beautiful food and great wine, I mean, come on, you're in (laughs) Portugal. i will get the balance right. Yeah. So, um, it was a colleague of mine or a, um, a client of mine that said to me one evening, Are you going to continue teaching people holiday yoga? And I said, what, what do you mean by that? And she said, you're really talented in what you teach and your teaching is far beyond your, you know, normal holiday yoga that you would get. Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh, that's quite interesting that you say that. She said, you have therapeutic skills that need to be really examined. That's nice to know. It was really nice. So then I decided, okay, I need to take this further. I need to decide what I'm going to do. So I took myself off to the States and trained with one of the top embodied uh, anatomy teachers in the world, and she gave me an understanding actually of what you can really touch and feel when you put your hands on someone. So I started training in embodied anatomy, and then went on and started uh, training yoga teachers within this. I came into a very, um, very high-end level of, of teaching and I was asked to then go on and teach advanced training, which I started writing a course on and then I hit somatics and went, hold on a second, pause 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 what is this all about and when i met them this chap brian Ingle, um he gave me a session and i thought okay if you can show me how to make me dissolve the tension that i have on my shoulders because it or not as amazing as i am i do have tension <laughs> um so real okay. <laughs> But we can't avoid it, but what we can do is learn how to actually delete it when, when it happens so it doesn't get into chronic neck pain or chronic shoulder pain. And that's what he showed me how to do. So he, he introduced me uh, to this method called Hanna Somatics. And Hanna Somatics, the fancy way of saying Hanna Somatics is neuromuscular repatterning. So how I describe this is, your brain is like the operating system of a computer, and your body is the, the nervous system is the program that runs all the backgrounds, all the coding. That's the nervous system. So the brain and the nervous system work together to tell the computer what to do, and the computer is your body. And over the years, we become habitual in the way we sit, and the way we stand, the way we talk, the way we react to stress and for every mental reaction there's a corresponding physical reaction Mm -hmm. so every time we get a piece of bad news or a piece of good news our muscles respond to that either in an oh god no or a yay and we don't even know we're doing that and that's what's known as a reflexive uh, action The issue is, as we get older, we have more time to habituate those reactions. Mm -hmm. When we habituate those reactions, shrugging of the shoulders, grinding of the teeth, holding tightly the belly in an anxiety format, those habituated contractions get laid down in the brain and the nervous system as the norm. You react like this, that's the norm. And because it becomes the norm, we forget we're doing it. So over the years, we've become a little bit tighter, our shoulders have lifted a little bit, or our head has gone forwards a little bit, or our chest is tightened in protection of maybe heartbreak, or our tummy has learned how to hold itself tightly due to stressful situations at work. So by the time we hit 40, what the doctors say, well, that's just normal aches and pains. It's not. It's actually a learned condition of how to respond to life. Now, the big thing is, is to recognize that. If we don't recognize that, we take ourselves out of the powerhouse and we we go to other people to fix us. But because we have learned how to do this ourselves, the only person that can undo all this muscular contraction is you, is the brain. So what I teach is to get my clients to recognize first that they are involuntarily tightening and i make that awareness voluntary and then i give them precise movements that tighten the muscles that are already too tight and that begins to take the switch from autopilot to manual Mm -hmm. they begin to feel oh oh my goodness i'm tightening my chest muscles all the time or oh i'm tightening my i didn't know i'm doing that so we bring them into the pattern to get them to feel, yes, I'm voluntarily doing this. And then the great thing is we show them how to release out of the pattern. So the the muscle memory, if you want, resets at an original resting, relaxing length. So over a space of six-hour-long sessions with a client spread out over maybe three months Mm -hmm. and a client doing five to ten minutes exercises a day, The results that that I get within clinic are up to 95% in eliminating all muscular pain. Wow. Yeah. So I'm talking pre-op people that have been in chronic pain for three to five years and they've been to everybody. And the issue that why they're not getting better is they're not being dealt with as the person that has got themselves into this pain in the first place is the person that needs to deal with getting themselves out of the pain. Mm -hmm second place it's a temporary relief when somebody tries to fix you but the problem is the brain and the nervous system and the coding and the learned patterning around that yeah and hooks up to that then it's a different story
0: so and that's amazing and I think a lot of the stuff that I do sort of within my coaching around you know my mindset stuff and all of that I don't think we necessarily realize or appreciate how powerful our brain is and actually the, how it affects us physically. And I think the more people I've been speaking to over the last few months, the brain on our emotional, our physical, our spiritual, you know, all of that entire well-being, like looking at us as an, as an entire person, rather than just, well, I've got, you know, pain in my shoulder. Okay, what, what's triggering that? What thought patterns do you have? You know, all of those different bits and pieces and we just don't associate it with the same, Do you know, I've got pain in my shoulder, the doctor needs to fix my shoulder or I need a chiropractor or I need a massage or I need yeah. whatever. Yeah, it's
1: but we're not exactly. looking at the underlying
0: part of it.
1: No, the underlying part of it is you cannot sever the brain from the body. Mm. The brain controls the muscles. Muscles never move unless they get a signal from, from the brain. And, and just on that, one of my favorite quotes that I love is from James Joyce, the Dubliners. Mr. Duffy lived a short distance from his body. Yeah, <laughs> and, it's, and it's exactly true. I mean, you walk around cities and you see people literally using their body to carry their heads around. Mm. They're stuck into a mobile phone or they're stuck in a paper or there's very, very little embodiment.
0: Yeah. So
1: you begin to understand that you can't sever mental thoughts from corresponding physical reactions. Mm. And if we start looking at the body and human beings as whole beings we start having another conversation about why there's an epidemic of musculoskeletal problems in the UK and actually in every industrialized city. Mm-hmm. Because of the levels of stress that we're taking on, the to-do lists are getting bigger, life is getting faster and wearing a Fitbit on your wrist is going to have a certain, it's going to have a certain positive effect. But if your Fitbit's not telling your body to actually feel the stress that you're holding, mm-hmm. then show you how to release it how how efficient is that
0: yeah yeah not very at all is it really so the work that you do it's kind of like cause I know you've got kind of some online programs and I know you do a lot of teaching still to other teachers but if people come to see you I'm assuming it's then based purely on that individual so if I were to come and see you it would be about my body my feelings my life
1: Yes, And how
0: do you kind of, I don't really want to use the word diagnose, but how would you then craft the right solution for whoever it is that comes to see you?
1: So one of the things that I spend a long time in a first consultation is getting to know the client and getting to know what has been going on in their life. So how many accidents they've had, how many injuries they've had, what has happened within those, how long the healing has taken place, who have they seen, what have they done, what's their background of physical activity, what's their diet, what's their sleeping. So I really want to make up a full picture of what, this, what it's like being in this person's body mm. as quickly as I can try and, and, and do possible. And then we can start working that whether the uh, client is an A-type personality or a personality that will be a little bit more withdrawn. Mm-hmm. So generally how most of us react to stress is we will go towards stress or we will pull away from stress. Yeah. And in the body, the clients who generally are A-types are generally very erect in their posture, so that their back muscles are shorter and tighter mm-hmm. and that there may be a, a lot of clenching in the back muscles. Now, once we've got that situation, we then immediately know that we're going to work immediately with the back pain situation. Yeah. So target the muscles of the back on the first, after the first session. Once we can analyze the, um, in a consultation, analyze exactly what the client needs and how we tackle those needs. Now, because you have a front body, the next session that I would want to know is, are you actually activating the muscles at the front of the body when they're supposed to be activated? Or are you stuck using the back muscles, which many, many people are. So we've got what we call a faulty pattern of moving. Say simply, you're going to bend, get up in the morning, roll out of bed, and your back is, ah. So actually, rolling is using your abdominal muscles because you forward bend in a row. And a lot of people edge themselves in back pain and protect themselves. That's one of the worst things that you, you can do. So we start educating the client in their movements. Like what do you, what causes you pain? So between the first and second session, we delete the pain out of the back area. Uh, second session, we start helping the client start utilizing the correct muscles to, for doing the correct things. Standing, sitting, walking, sleeping. Mm -hmm. And then on the third session, we want to make sure, well, the body just doesn't go forwards and backwards. The body rotates and the body side bends. Do you have any pain or issues? Say simple things like getting out of the car, picking your children up. Um, so we want to make sure that the, that the clients understand correct use because nobody is telling people about this, how to correctly do things. Mm-hmm. And so that, they're, that you're using the muscles that are designed to work on these different movement planes so that will be session three session four and five we want to look at where where the movement needs to go so whether we have a neck issue or we've got a knee issue or a foot issue we want to clear up all of that mm-hmm. so they might be compensatory patterns that clients would come to me and say I have a knee pain and I would look at them and say well actually your knee is being caused by the fact that your center of your body is not moving and yep. they're weight-bearing down into that knee way too much. So people may not look at that because they've been told by other therapists, oh, we just need to treat that one part. Mm-hmm. Actually, we need to treat the whole body as one. Um, and so that's how it, it works we look at the acute phase and then we bring the client into a much more broader educational phase yeah. and after six sessions we look at maintenance that every once in a while you come back or you join me in for classes to engage your learning to remember how to move in, in better ways so whether you want to then go into yoga or whether you want to go into Pilates I have a host of some of London's top uh, professionals in their game so I will splinter off to what client needs what whether it's weight training or whatever it is yeah, and, they sure. just and check back with me every now and then to see how they are but really it's um, it's kind of the worst business model I've
0: seen it's, uh, I'm it's <laughs> two weeks and leave six, six, six I, sessions and leave yeah
1: don't come back and I want to see you <laughs>
0: I have the same with mine I think you know and again I I suppose from a business perspective I remember when I first started because actually for me if if really if I need to work with somebody for any kind of longer than six months I probably wasn't the right person for them to work with in the first place and I can remember an accountant sitting and sort of yelling at me across the table at a networking event once you have to find a way to work with them for at least two years I was like I can't physically do that. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't sit with me. Yeah. So yeah, I, I know, I know the feeling, but I suppose then, uh, for, you know, for, for those of us that, and I think you kind of had it on your, um, on your bio, like, that kind of integrity perspective. Absolutely. You, st- you know, you end up with referrals, you get the good news stories, you get all of that sort of stuff. So I suppose the, the good part of us, as opposed to the financial part of us, yes. is that uh, it's very grateful for that part of it, which is Absolutely. lovely. Absolutely. So you you said, and we'll, we'll kind of we'll come on to, to kind of the, the stuff that you've been in your, your sort of classes and, and teaching and things in a moment. But you, I suppose you said we, we learn these behaviours. So we you know we kind of learn to walk a certain way, and we kind of imprint that. What do you think is it? That, what do you think, or do you know, what's creating that learning? Because I, th- I suppose when we when we're born, we start to crawl, we start to walk. I would, you know, I suppose, I suppose the, the brain part of, of me is like, well, actually, surely we should then know what proper posture is. We should know how to walk. We should know how to sit. We should, You know, I know you and I have had conversations about kind of breathing and all those sorts of things. So what is it that's stopping us from doing what we should naturally be doing?
1: It's basically how we live our life. So if you think about a start process from a little person at six – They've, de- they've developed their personality by the age of six. It's yeah. roughly embedded in. Yeah. So if we look at a, a six-year-old that has had a tough home life and that there might be a, um, a tough parenting situation, that there may be a little bit of emotional abuse going on, yeah. that child is going to learn how to shrug away from emotional abuse. Yeah. Then if you look at an emotional situation that the child may be bullied in school, um, if, the, if the child, we're talking about a girl, and she starts developing breasts at the age of 12, and she doesn't want to be seen. So now we've got a cowering, um, protective posture Mm -hmm. because it's it's an emotive situation that they're trying to shy away from so it can be set up as early in you know from a a bullying situation from the age of seven eight and then as the spine grows the muscles are remember muscles pull bones Mm -hmm. the the growth development of the spine is becoming stunted because the proclivity to shy away from scene is the get, is the starting point of that. And if you think about them, the child is put into a, a chair as they're still growing and nobody is telling children how to sit. Children mm-hmm. just sit because they're fine. They can move in, they can move out. Yeah. The big issue is when an emotional situation is continued, that if that child goes into secondary school and that there is bullying going on and if there, she goes into a university situation and that she at this at this stage it's just not an option for her to be seen mm. her posture is going to demonstrate that very very clearly in a way that is like, okay, are you okay you know what's what's going on so it's a it's a posture of protection that's Throughout the animal kingdom, accepted that when an animal gets threatened, the tail tucks and the head goes under. Mm-hmm. And we see it through cats and dogs, our domestic animals, all the time. But with humans, we may not see it as clearly. Like you know, I see and I analyze posture all day long. So <laughs> I'm, I'm sure not sure you do. But <laughs> most people, it's it's a curse. I'm like, yeah. oh, I have to keep my business cards in my pockets like, oh, so I can help you, know. On the tube, keep your car safe. <laughs> why I can't go to gyms. I'm just horrified that the car crashes around me. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, we, we really code this sort of uh, muscular response mm-hmm. to our environment. And, and it starts early. But I think the, the issues with, with it, it, the reflexive response has to be to an environmental situation so if that environmental situation goes and say this girl that we're talking about she goes off to uni and actually she has a really great time and she meets somebody that is great and she begins to open up her physical body will start changing at that point because her environmental system has changed but if that doesn't change her environmental situation is going to keep responding and feeding back into that i don't want to be seen i don't want to be seen Mm -hmm. so it's what, it's looking at all the things that have happened within your life and all the accidents and the injuries, and all the time that you have sat in front of a computer working, mm-hmm. hunching your shoulders up, maybe driving long hours, um, maybe developing anxiousness. That is going to have an effect on your muscles, on your posture, but not just there, on your breathing. Because Mm -hmm. if your chest is held tightly, your diaphragm, which sits underneath your breastbone, it basically can't move. And if you can't move, you start having to use what we call secondary muscles, so the primary muscle is the diaphragm. You use these neck muscles. So when you Mm -hmm. ask somebody to say, take a deep breath, this is what you see. That's... The going up and the, all the tension in the neck. That's not normal to breathe like that. But because it's been set up for years and years, people think that, that well, that's how I breathe. That doesn't yeah. mean that that's correct. So the opposite side of of that is somebody that has had you know a lot of things happening to them, but because they've practiced yoga or they have um, been quite fit and they're able to emotionally they have emotional resilience Mm -hmm. and able to actually shed off the coding that that happens. And that's what we all want. We want to be able to recognise, oh my God, I'm sitting here with my shoulders hunching around my ears. I don't need to, I can drop them back. Yeah. You get stuck in that reflexive muscular response to the environment situation, that's when the problems start happening. And What we're seeing that it's taking a number of years, like say up to about 25 to 30 years for people to actually uh, have enough time to live in their bodies and to respond like this. Yeah. So once you have enough time, this is why at the age of you know 35 and 40 plus people are getting more and more aches and pains. Mm-hmm. Not because it's suddenly happening due to age. That's a complete myth. It's the amount of time that you have spent in a reactive phase to whatever is happening around you, postural or otherwise, yeah. reactive phase to your accidents, injuries that the body starts responding in breaking down. Yeah. And that's what, um, and this is what the faulty awareness is. I am old because I feel like that. No, that's simply not true. I'm old because I've had, I feel old because I've had a lot of uh, injuries and accidents to cope with and my body actually has developed these compensatory patterns. Yeah. Knowing how to get out of those, you get your youth back.
0: Yeah. Real. So you're making people younger.
1: <laughs> <laughs> younger, number one. Yeah. Number two, yeah. Smaller, number three. So I, I could just sell all of this stuff and, and forget the pain stuff. Yeah. If you wanna look ten years younger and you wanna look slimmer and you wanna move
0: better, come yeah. and
1: see me. If you've got pain, maybe we'll talk about that another time.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant, I love all of that. So yes, yeah, so if you want to be 10 years younger, beautiful and taller. Yeah, there you go, come and see Saudi me. Woman. <laughs> so, yeah, so we've been, I've mentioned it a couple of times. So you've been, um, I think you just come back from Australia. Yeah. Um, and you've been over there a few times. So to talk to us about kind of what, what you've been doing over there.
1: Okay, so um, this work
0: is very,
1: very uh, unknown, so mm-hmm. it comes from a chap called uh, Thomas Anna, and poor Tom uh, was involved in a fatal, mo- uh, fatal car accident in uh, the first wave of his train in, in the '90s, and the institute was then taken over by Eleanor Criswell, his, his wife, so it's been very u s centered There mm-hmm. is only, I believe two or three trainings that are outside the US I'm one of the trainers that are providing this and I believe um, I think it's really my goal on this earth to get this work out there I, I, I'm pretty sure of this I used to think it was yoga but I'm thinking yoga teachers to a penny somatic how do somatic teachers not so much yeah so I decided that I am taking more of a constructed effort to be in English-speaking countries first to get this work out there. And I was visiting friends uh, three years ago and I met with one of the top Uh, yoga teacher he owns one of the top um, facilities in Sydney and a guy called Mark O'Brien from Key Yoga and Mark was very very impressed with who I've worked with and he knew all my teachers and he said okay you know what you're talking about if you say what you say is really the bomb or the shizzle dizzle I like to call (laughs) it. let's get you over and let's get you working so I went over last year and did a taster and people were just coming up to me speechless saying this work is phenomenal like yoga teachers who've been teachers for 30 years plus and are in a lot of pain they're saying I've got out of pain it with two of your classes and the classes like were a dip in three hour long classes they were just amazing they said please 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 come back and train us so I spoke with Mark, and we put together a professional training. Um, I just flew back in last Monday. I now have fifteen people that are gung ho. I'm coming back over in November, and they want more training and more training. And they're saying, "Look, would you consider moving over? Because you know what you're doing really needs to get out there into Australia." So. Um, I'm thinking about it. Yes. Yeah, I'm thinking about it. Because I think between the UK and Australia, it's, um, they're, they're two very, very interesting countries in terms of how much yoga is exploding. Mm-hmm. And what we're finding with, um, with Australian yoga and with um, yoga in the UK, we're really dealing with an epidemic of broken bodies. Mm-hmm. So that the yoga training that I see that people are, uh, you know, base level foundation yoga, they're not equipped to teach these people. So they're, they're equipped to teach healthy bodies. But more and more people are coming in with neck issues, shoulder issues, back issues, and a general yoga class is not cutting the mustard. So my, um, my philosophy on this is, okay, guys, why don't we start looking at movement? And why can't we start looking at bringing movements into the beginning of a class that you can really help your clients prepare their bodies for moving in, in asana and moving in in yoga, because yoga is hard. There's no doubt in my mind that yoga is not hard. But if you have older bodies that are, you know, the 30s plus, after having a number of children and at a desk job, this is a different body that we're looking at from bodies that are, you know, 20. They haven't had the amount of years of accidents and injuries that can really screw up bodies. Mm -hmm. But also there is the epidemic of overtraining. So that the muscles actually don't know how to turn off. When I say turn off, rest. Yeah. So this conversation that I'm having with, with yogis in Australia, they're all saying this is the problem because um, I think in, a, in Australia, this is such a, a outdoors and a let's go and see what we can do with our body. And, yeah. and there's this also doing too much. And then the muscles don't have time to recuperate after their workout. Mm. So we have micro tearing in the muscle. And then when the muscle isn't actually allowed to reset to its resting length, you're now performing your next routine on micro torn muscles, which is going to start shredding muscle. They're, you can't build muscle with that. And then that starts setting you up for injuries. Yeah. So go no on. Whether it's UK, Australia, Canada, or America, or wherever, nobody wants to be training on muscles that can potentially cause major damage to the body because you're just going to end your career. Yeah. And this is what I, I help people. It's not just people in pain, but I look at, at athletes who are really trying to get that 2 to 3% better in their game, but they don't know how to release the tension from their body before the next training session. So this is another thing that, you know, in Australia, they're crazy for. How can I train harder? Yeah, yeah. And this is one of the answers. Awesome. So you'll be, you'll be a worldwide phenomenon soon. Bring it on. So if anybody <laughs> out there is listening,
0: come and talk to me. I'm ready. On to ready brilliant 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 well it's been it's been a pleasure i could literally sit and talk to you all day um, so i suppose if uh, if anybody wants to um book some sessions with you before you depart to live in sunny oz forever uh, okay. and change the world out there i will be going to a session <laughs> that way <laughs> How can people get in
1: contact with you? Okay, so the best thing people uh, can do is if you go to my website, which is alignsomatics.com, align as in align your spine, A-L-I-G-N, and somatics is S-O-M-A-T-I-C-S. So AllianceSomatics.com. There's a a booking form on that. Or simply, if you just want to pop me an email, uh, my address is info at AllianceSomatics.com. And my PA will will pick you up. Or if you want to give me a buzz, my telephone number is on the website. And we can book in a call to see how I can help you. But I think my, my one lasting piece for this conversation is you do not have to be in pain so if you are suffering from pain and if it's a niggle that's persistent come and see me. I also do um, online consultations because my therapy is all about movement education. So I don't need to put my hands on you and I generally don't put my hands on you unless you really want me to. <laughs> um, I, it's all about actually movement. So all I need to do is see you and it can be great because I have clients all over the world that work for me, uh, that work with me and they have the same, um, the same outcomes as my clients in clinic. So even if I do disappear to Australia, you'll still be able to have
0: a little bit of me. Brilliant. So alignsomatics.com um, or info at if you want to uh, email. Or if you want to give Tanya a call or um, sort of online work, then uh, just head over to her website. Uh, so Tanya, it's been a pleasure. It's been an absolute pleasure, Ke- Kelly.
1: Love so to see you. Take Absolutely. care. See you soon. Bye. Ciao. ciao. Bye.